Good morning, and welcome to On Target, a radio ministry of Village Bible Church in Hot Springs Village. We are located near the Coronado Center at 100 Ponderosa Way. Our Sunday morning service starts at 9.15 a.m. We hope you will enjoy and benefit from the sermon you will hear this morning. Now sit back and relax as you listen to a message by Senior Pastor Dr. Jason Lancaster. The radio show This American Life once had a story about a 23-year-old guy who walked across America. He walked from Philadelphia to California, 4,000 miles, did not hitchhike, walked the whole time. And his point was after he graduated from college, he wanted to learn more about others and more about himself. So he carried a sign that said, walking to listen. And then one question he would ask people is this, what is one piece of advice that you would give your 23-year-old self? If you could go back and give your 23-year-old self a piece of advice, what would it be? And people said things like, don't worry so much, treat people better, appreciate more each day, think before you speak, and while you've got ability, use it. What advice would you give your 23-year-old self? You. It's been said that your 20s establish your 70s, and the idea is that you, you walk in wisdom early in life, this builds and builds and builds, and when you reach your age, you're, you're wise like all of you. <laughs> but let me be specific for our purposes today. What financial advice would you give your 23-year-old self? Would you give your 23-year-old self some stock picks? Would you encourage your 23-year-old self to save more? Would you encourage your 23-year-old self to be sure you tithe and give to the Lord? And the idea is that we want to to walk in wisdom young financially so then we get old, we're, we're financially wise. But a lot of times when we're young and throughout our lives, we make a financial mess. I'm just wondering, if there's any regrets, how many of you regret the way you handled things financially early in your life? Yeah, yeah, it's a lot of us, right? Well, let's leave that behind, all right? And let's simplify things today. No matter how much of a mess you've made, made financially, you may still be reaping some of what you have sown, let's simplify things today and stick with a simple prayer that begins like this. Give me neither poverty nor riches. And that's where we're going today. We're in the book of Proverbs chapter 30. We finished up Joshua last week, and in two weeks we will be in 1 Peter but today, we're going to take a break and talk about money. And I know some of you are freaking out when a preacher talks about money in the middle of August, the worst giving month of the year, usually in most churches. Someone came up to me today and said, oh, pastor, the offering plates, the plates are going to be overflowing this morning. But that is not my goal. I'm not even going that direction. I'm going to talk about money in a way that you may have never thought about it before or heard about it before, and it comes from this simple prayer. And did you know that this little prayer is the only prayer in the book of Proverbs? It's a prayer by a guy named Augur. 
mean, you think about most of the Proverbs are written by Solomon, but here is a proverb written by a guy named Augur. And what do we know about Augur? Nothing. But it's a prayer that he prayed. And I think it's a prayer that we can pray. And I just want to read it to you briefly. I know you just heard it, but some of our listening on the radio did not hear that. So I'm going to read Proverbs 30, verses 7 through 9. Two things I ask of you. Do not refuse me before I die. Keep deception and lies far from me. Give me neither poverty nor riches. Feed me with the food that is my portion that I not be full and deny you and say, who is the Lord? Or that I not be in want and still and profane the name of my God. Augur has a prayer request that summarizes two desires. If you notice in verse seven, he says, two things I asked of you, do not refuse me before I die. It's not that death is immediate, but these are two desires while he lives on this earth before his coming death. And we're gonna just kinda set aside the first prayer request concerning truthful speech for another time and focus on the second prayer request. Look at the second part of verse 8. Give me neither poverty nor riches. Feed me with the food that is my portion. In order to get organized this morning, let's take this verse and think of a structure in three parts on a sliding scale. Out here, we have riches. As we slide along the scale all the way to the other side, over here, we have poverty. And in the middle is something that has been called the golden mean. The golden mean. And the wise prayer asks to be protected from the extremes of poverty and and riches. And in the middle is a prayer for simple provision. It's similar to the prayer that Jesus taught his disciples to pray in the Lord's Prayer when he said, give us this day our daily bread. Very similar, very similar. In order to get you thinking along these lines, I want to tell you a popular parable, a parable that I have hijacked for my own purposes and I have readjusted. So maybe you've heard this, maybe you haven't. So here is a popular parable. There was once a business school graduate But before he wanted to start his job, he decided to go to a small island and visit and stay there for a while and get some fishing done. It's a big break for him. He arrives at this small island and goes to a village and he notices while he's fishing, a a man comes in to the shore with a small boat. And in this small boat, he has a lot of fish. And he's selling these fish off of his boat to the locals, and 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 they're paying him cash. And and the graduate student, he's a business student, he's taking this all in, he's looking at this, and and he's thinking to himself, man, if this guy can make that much money for just being out for a few hours, how much more money could he make if he was out longer to catch all those fish? And so the graduate student asked the man, why don't you stay out longer and catch more fish in order to make more money? And this is what the man said. He said that he made enough money to provide for his family. Besides, he liked the extra time to read, play with his daughters, teach local kids to fish, stroll in the village, and play guitar with his wife and friends. 
the business guy listened to all this and he thought, man, you have loads of time. And he told the fisherman that he could expand his business and he could make more money and buy a bigger boat. And the fisherman was like, really? And the business guy said, yeah, yeah, yeah. In the future, you can catch a lot of fish. You can get a whole fleet of boats and control both the product and the distribution. The fisherman said, and then what? The business guy said, well, you could move to a big city and you could run your own corporation. And the fisherman wondered, well, well, how long will that take? And the business guy reasoned, well, it would take about seven to 10 years. The fisherman was amazed by all this. And then he said, and then what? The business guy said, well, the company could go public and they could sell shares and the the fisherman would be a multimillionaire. At this point, the fisherman is blown away and said, wow, wow, wow. And then what? The business guy was a little puzzled and wondered what the fisherman meant. And the fisherman said, and and what would I do if I was a millionaire? The business guy's like, well, I guess you could retire and move to a small island <laughs> and fish a little, take some time to read, play with your daughters, teach the local kids to fish, take a stroll through the village and play guitar with your wife and friends. And they both laughed and said no more about it. And that parable is an interesting description of the golden mean. The fisherman doesn't want riches, and I'm assuming he doesn't want poverty, because he is content with the simple life. And, and Augur's kind of thinking along those same lines, but the reason why Augur is different than the fisherman is because Augur knows his heart, and he is scared to death how reckless he would be with riches and how scared to death he would be with poverty. He sees all the temptations, and he knows his heart, and so he says in verse 9, that I not be full and deny you and say, who is the Lord? Or that I not be in want and steal and profane the name of my God. He's afraid that if he gets riches, he's going to be arrogant and self-sufficient and he's going to say, well, who's the Lord? But he's also afraid that, if he, that he's a poor, he's a poor man and he has poverty, he's going, to, he's going to start stealing and profane the name of a God. What he's doing is he knows his heart. He knows his temptations, and he wants God glorified. And it makes me want to ask, do you know your heart's relationship with money? Do you know what's going on inside of you with regard to money? Have you ever had a time in your life where you, you, ha- you have a lot, and you kind of say, you know, I'm kind of sufficient now. I don't need God as much. Or maybe you, you had a time in your life where you're, you're struggling financially, And you're thinking, I'm not so sure God is going to come through for me. Well, so perhaps this is a wise prayer to adopt and pray so that God will be glorified. And I'm not going to just leave it at that because what I really want to do this morning is I want to teach you some understanding of riches and poverty so that you can understand the golden mean better. So that's what we're going to do. We're going to explore riches from the book of Proverbs and poverty from the book of Proverbs, so we can get more comfortable with this golden mean. So let me give you three observations, broad points on riches. Number one, wealth generally comes to those who work hard. Wealth generally comes to those who work hard. Proverbs 12, 11 says, He who tills the land will have plenty of bread, 
But he who pursues worthless things lacks sense. So general observation within our everyday experience that if you contribute to society through hard work, then you will likely be rewarded. And some of you, you will work so hard that you will cash in to a point where you could be considered rich. Now, don't think I'm thinking of rich as in a billionaire. Don't compare yourself to that because you know and I know that compared to the rest of the world, a lot of you are wealthy and rich. And that has come by God's grace through hard work that you have put in your life. Proverbs 10.4 says, Poor is he who works with a negligent hand, but the hand of the diligent makes rich. The Bible doesn't make wealth or riches or material things in sinful in and of themselves. There are a lot of verses that point to God's good creation that can be enjoyed, but they should also be used for the good of others and the glory of God. Which brings us to point two. Those with wealth should give generously. Those with wealth should give generously. Proverbs 3, 9 and 10. There's a lot of verses we could look at, but Proverbs 3, 9 and 10 says, Honor the Lord from your wealth and from the first of all your produce. So your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. Now the Old Testament context here is they were to give to the temple. They were to give to the poor. And there's a lot of ways that we can give here by giving to our church, giving to parachurch, giving to missionaries, giving to the poor. There's a way that we can work, gain money, and be very, very generous and keep giving provision. Just this past week, I heard something that is very interesting and I cannot verify it, but I want to share it with you. It says this, you live 10 years longer and take half of the medicine if you're generous in three ways each week. Do I have your attention now? <laughs> 10 years longer, half the medicine, if you're generous in three ways each week. First way is this, generous with your thoughts. You think the best of others. You know, you're loving your neighbor as yourself. The second is generous with words. Your words are encouraging. You're not grumpy. You're not griping. You're not complaining. You're building others up. And the last one is generous with money. You're giving. You're generous. You share with what you have. You want to see God's kingdom expand. You want to see Him glorified. And in turn, there is some health that goes along with that. There's some biblical backing to this idea in Proverbs 11.25. Proverbs 11.25 says, The generous man will be prosperous, and he who waters will himself be watered. This is not a prosperity gospel thing, but there is some truth of being blessed as you are a generous blessing to others. And as you are blessed back, you continue to bless and bless and bless. Third thing, wealth is not the most important thing. Wealth is not the most important thing. Satan tries to deceive and trick us into thinking that money's the most important thing. But there are Proverbs, I'm not going to cover them all right now. There are Proverbs that say that wisdom is better than gold. Character is more important than riches. And money is so fleeting and easily lost. Money is so fleeting and easily lost. Money was so fleeting and easily lost this past Monday. Anybody know what I'm talking about? I am wondering when the stock market starts to tank like that, what goes on in your heart? It is very telling, right? It is very telling. Not only is money easily lost, 
And not only is wealth not the most important thing, but wealth will not help you at the time of judgment. I'm wondering if you have neighbors who are well off, who see no need for God, and their health starts to tank, and they are close to dying. Their wealth will not help them at the judgment. During family worship last night, I told my children that a hearse does not pull a U-Haul. First, I had to explain what a hearse was. <laughs> You're born with nothing. You take nothing with you. And you know that wealth cannot help you with judgment day questions. What is my life amounting to? What am I really doing with my life? What difference am I making in the world? Tim Keller says that wealth blinds you. He says wealth blinds you to judgment day questions. And it sucks you into a frantic cycle of consumption of earning more and spending more. But the wise among us realize that wealth is not the most important thing. Let's summarize here. Wealth is not presented as bad. But I want you to notice Augur's prayer. He doesn't say, Lord, please make me a good steward of my money. It's a good prayer to pray. I'm not going against you if you pray that prayer. But Augur knows his heart too much. He knows he's tempted to disown God. And so he says in verse 9, that I not be full and deny you and say, who is the Lord? It's not always true, but it's often true that a rich person sees no need for God. Jesus said something about that as well. Proverbs 18, verses 10 and 11, the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous runs into it and is safe. A rich man's wealth is his strong city and like a high wall in his own imagination. The righteous man finds security in God alone like the protection in a strong tower. But the rich assume that their wealth is like a strong city wall that offers protection and security against calamity. But it's all in just their imagination. And Augur knows this. He does not want to be full he does not want to be rich because he feels like he'll say, who is the Lord? But he doesn't want poverty either. He doesn't want to be poor either. Let me make three observations really quick here on poverty. Number one, foolishness usually leads to poverty. Foolishness usually leads to poverty. Proverbs 14, 23 and 24. In all labor there is profit, but mere talk leads only to poverty. The crown of the wise is the riches, but the folly of fools is foolishness. If you don't work and contribute to society, then why should you be paid? Poverty is often a natural consequence of foolishness. Number two, not all poverty is due to foolishness, but sometimes oppression. Proverbs 13, 23, abundant food is in the fallow ground of the poor, but it is swept away by injustice. Too many times we as privileged people assume that when we see poor people that it is their fault. Maybe it is, maybe it's not. But it's often the context they are born into. Perhaps it's one of oppression and injustice. And that is just what is happening in their life. So not all poverty is due to foolishness, but sometimes oppression. Third thing to notice, 
Poverty can lead to personal problems. Poverty can lead to personal problems. Proverbs 19.4 Wealth adds many friends, but a poor man is separated from his friend. You know, you know that when someone has money, friends start to come running, but he who is poor, generally, general observation, often lacks friends. Augur sees the destitution of the poor. And he realizes that poverty comes with its own struggles. He does not want the extreme of poverty because he may be tempted, according to verse 9, he may be tempted to steal and profane the name of my God. He may be so poor that he's going to steal. He doesn't want to do that. It's going to be an offense to God. So Augur sees the struggles and the temptations on both of the rich and poverty. And what does he do? He prays the golden mean. Back to verse 8. Give me neither poverty nor riches. Feed me with the food that is my portion. He's asking for provision in line for his lot in life. It's basically a prayer that says, God, go ahead. Give me whatever you think is right. Just give me, go ahead. Whatever you think I need or don't need, withhold it, give it. It's up to you, God. You give me what I think is right. And Augur would agree with some passages in the New Testament. For example, I'll put this up for you. This is what Paul said. 1 Timothy 6.8 If we have food and covering with these, we shall be content. Do you really believe that? Do not lie. Food and clothing? It's enough. It's enough for me. I'm content. Really? Augur would say, Amen. One of my favorite verses in the Bible is Hebrews 13.5 Keep your life free from the love of money and be content with what you have. For he has said, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. Augur would say, if I got God, that's all I need. He wants his sufficiency to be in God alone. He doesn't want self-sufficiency. He wants God's sufficiency. And he knows his heart. And he knows that if he's living on the extremes, he's going to be so tempted. And so he's praying to stay within the golden mean. And I believe that if you get to this point in your life, where you have a God sufficiency and not a self-sufficiency, I believe that you, if God is your sufficiency, I believe that you can get to a point where where you can actually live on the extremes of riches and poverty. I believe that you, filled with the Holy Spirit, can live with contentment, with such a God sufficiency on the extremes of riches and poverty. And the reason why I say that is because the Apostle Paul says in Philippians 4, 11 through 13, what's the most famous verse you've memorized, but memorize it and say it in context. Verse 11, not that I speak from want, for I have learned to be content in whatever circumstances I am. I know how to get along with humble means, and I also know how to live in prosperity. And any and every circumstances, I have learned the secret of being filled and going hungry, both of having abundance and suffering need. I can do all things through him who, th- who strengthens me. So he's saying, I, you know, I got this secret. And if I got a lot, I'm content. I don't have much, I can so We're like, Paul, tell us that secret. And he's like, well, here's the secret. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. It's not a verse about scoring touchdowns or hitting home runs. It's about being content with whether you're on the extreme of riches or poverty because God is your sufficiency, and if you have him, he's all your need. Because through Christ, you can do all things. I'm about to tell you something. If you don't listen to anything else I've said so far, you really have to listen to this. 
you can be content with your lot in life, whether it's riches or poverty or the golden mean, because Jesus lived on the extremes. Jesus lived on the extremes. Jesus was rich in heaven, gave it up, took on flesh, and became poor. Came down to this earth, lived a perfect life, died a humiliating death on the cross. And because Jesus chose to go from riches to poverty, those who have faith in him can move from poverty to riches. Isn't that amazing? Jesus stepped down from riches to poverty so that you, in your sin, can go from poverty to riches. 2 Corinthians 8.9, this is a beautiful verse here. 2 Corinthians 8.9, For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, so that through his poverty you might become rich. He stepped down from glory took on flesh, died for poor sinners, that through faith in Him we might become rich, forgiveness, righteousness, eternal life, be with Christ forever. And since we have full provision and sufficiency in Christ, then we can pray, give me the poverty, the riches, just my daily bread. Just give me the daily bread. And if I end up in the riches of the poverty, Lord, please let me not deny You, let me not steal. Let me realize that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, even in riches and poverty where I do not deny you, I do not steal. I'll glorify you on the extremes. I can pray for the gold mean, but I can glorify you anywhere along the spectrum. I'll leave you with this. Because I think you want to know, well, what in the world should I do? Well, for those of you, most of you, should be generous. Be generous with your wealth and willing to share. Give to the glory of God, knowing that you cannot take any of it with you. There was once this guy... I read about him. You may have heard him. He's not from my generation. Some of you may have known him. His name is Stanley Tam. Stanley Tam, he started the United States Plastic Corporation. And his business became so successful. And as his business is being successful, he felt convicted that he wanted to give to God. So in his conviction, he legally... No joke, he legally transferred 51% of his shares to God. It took three lawyers to do this. The first two thought he was crazy. And then he kept being more and more successful. Wealth is building, wealth is building. And he felt so convicted. And what did he end up doing is he divested himself of all his shares and became a salaried employee of the company. And over his life, he gave away hundred and twenty million dollars and I think that this morning you and I can do a similar thing where we can acknowledge God this is all yours anything you choose to give or not give whatever Lord I want to be content and all that I have is all yours you have control over it and I want to say a little bit about God having control sometimes <laughs> I've heard before and if you said it it's okay Sometimes we say to ourselves, God, I'm just going to pray and ask you what I should give, and then I'm going to give that. And sometimes when I see people tell me, God, I prayed, and this is all he wants me to give, and I'm saying, are you sure you heard God? <laughs> and and, and, I, and I, look, I know it works like that sometimes. I know God can put it on your heart to give, and, but God wants us to be generous 
givers who make the choice. I mean, how would you feel? Like, yeah, I want you to give it. No, I want to just bless the Lord. Bless his work around the world. I want to be generous. Don't make it so spiritual that you end up doing nothing. What is going on in your heart? Riches, poverty, golden mean. And this is what Stanley Tam said. A man can eat only one meal at a time, wear only one suit of clothes at a time, drive only one car at a time. All this I have. Isn't this enough? Augur would say, yeah, it's enough. It's enough. It's the golden mean. We hope you enjoyed this message. It was preached recently at Village Bible Church. You can hear this message or let others know about it by visiting our website at vbchsv.org or call us at 922-0404. Meanwhile, have a blessed day as you walk along the way, guided by God's Word.